Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan, along with... Amanda Seastein. My partner, co-host. I'm your co-host. Or are you my co-host? No, I think I'm your co-host. I don't know if I'm the host. I think uh, we're you're the co-host host. together. No, you're the host. Because like, you, you do it with like the... Uh, like the alumni and all that too. So you're on it more than I am. So oh, listen. I am your co-host, we're par- but we are good friends. We are good friends and we're partners <laughs> in the official Devils podcast and welcome to another edition as we wish everyone a happy new year. The holidays have come and gone. Crazy. A celebration. Happy Hanukkah to you. Thank and you. Happy Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all our listeners everywhere, whatever you celebrate. Hopefully it was a healthy and happy one. And now the Devils are getting ready, Amanda, for the second half of the season. You know, you have to put the past behind you. Yeah. And we've seen some good things over the last 10 games. I think the Devils, as we record this, are like 10th in the last 10 games in wins. Yeah. So, you know, there have been good signs. You've seen, you know, some building blocks, some really important building blocks, whether it's individual efforts and individual success that allows the whole team to sort of find success together. A cohesiveness, I think I've used that word a couple of times, and just talking to the guys in the room pretty much every day, um, the word that they use, and maybe it's overused just in general, is belief. And a belief that they are have always been better than what their record showed in the first half of the year. And then the minor tweaks that we've seen in terms of um, accessing their speed a lot more. This is a team that has been built for speed, and you're seeing it now that they're using that in order to you know, score the goals that they need to score. And it's, it's just been a pleasure to watch. It's been sometimes I'm, I think to myself, I'm like, where – was this before but hey look you know it's an NHL season things are really up and down and they'd be the first to tell you that they were extremely disappointed with how things go went but you can only look forward you can't look back no you can't and and I will say this and I know it falls on deaf ears and understandably so because Mm -hmm. the devils are near the bottom of the standings but things are so tight had three games gone to the winning side, yeah, it's just crazy. three it's through crazy. the first half of the year, the perspective would be different. The Devils would still be out of a playoff spot, but they'd be a little closer. They'd be in the conversation, in the mix. And again, the perception would be changed, but the reality is what it is. And so let's see what happens in the second half. One thing that's been terrific, though, is yeah. the consistent play, and we've seen it throughout his time with the Devils of Kyle Palmieri. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, the, he can be a heartbeat of this team if he if he isn't already, right? He's just the, the hardworking, no matter what, and some of the goals that he scores are just, you're just like, wow, that is like incredible. Last night, I mean, from when we're recording this, that goal that he scored against the island, I mean, that was like threading the needle. And and I think that his play and how he's been playing and how things have gone for him have just allowed his line mates, which has generally been Nico all year, to just flourish into this incredible talent that's starting to build a different level of confidence. He's a Jersey guy, born on Long Island, but raised in Jersey, (laughs) moved at a very early age, and he is our guest as we welcome the veteran forward to the podcast. And a very pleasant welcome to our guest on this week's podcast, Kyle Palmieri joining us. And this is the second time that we've spoken with you, Kyle, on this podcast. And the last time you joined us, you were about to get married. Lots gone on since we last <laughs> spoke. How's it been? Yeah, yeah. No, it's been uh, it's been a busy year, but uh, it was a great off season. Um, and uh, looking forward to uh, the second half of this year. 
Did, did the wedding go smoothly? And we were talking about all your plans last time we had you. In this. Did things go smoothly? Yeah, everything went really smooth. <laughs> uh, actually, too smooth. We we kind of were waiting for something to, to go wrong. But no, everything uh, everything went really well. And um, we, were, we, were, uh, we had a great weekend. I know you were, sorry, I was going to say, I know you were really looking forward to your honeymoon. You went to Italy, is that it? Yeah, we did uh, 12 days in Italy. And, and? Yeah, it was awesome. Favorite uh, part? I like the Amalfi Coast the most. Um, my wife liked uh, the Tuscany region. We mm-hmm. stayed. We did like a couple days in Tuscany, Rome, and then the Amalfi Coast. So uh, got to see a little bit uh, different parts of the country and um, ate well. And uh, that was uh, it. Was a great trip. Tell me about Rome because I'm headed there during well, going. The, while you're going to St. Louis for the All Star Game. We've got that week break. I'm heading to Rome with my wife. So what should I look forward to? Um, well. I had the uh, pleasure of being there. I think it was the hottest weekend in like the last oh, maybe 100 years. Uh, it was like 110 oh, degrees. So gross. Um, but we did we did a lot of the tours and stuff uh, in the morning. So you're able to come back during like the hot part of the day and, and spend it um, either at the bar having a nice refreshing drink or I like that um or just hanging out so I, it was it was an awesome city to visit um that it was walking around there is obviously pretty cool and you, you don't even necessarily have to be doing tours just being there yeah. and, and seeing some of the things that uh have been around for so long and, and the history of it was uh was really cool yeah, and the people, architecture is amazing well, i've been there before it well then you can tell me what i should look forward to but people tell me like the coolest part you were talking about kyle walking around like you just kind of walk around it's a thoroughly modern city and there's something like from 2000 years ago like <laughs> there's the coliseum like whoa it just kind of blows your mind a little bit yeah and, and obviously all the streets are, are very narrow and, and we stayed we were probably a five or ten minute walk from the coliseum and like we were just walking i I think the first day we got in um, and it was at night and we were walking down to dinner and all of a sudden you look down the street and you could see the lights from the Coliseum and uh, it, it was pretty cool. It was it was a, a pretty unforgettable experience and um, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we did a tour of the Vatican City and, and all that and uh, that was really cool to see the history there too. Yeah, that's on the list. So where should I go to eat, Amanda? You have a recommendation? I mean, really, like I, I was in grade 11 or 11th grade. All right, well, we'll give you time. Here, it, was, it, was a, it was a surprise quiz, and, <laughs> yeah, sorry, and you weren't geez. prepared. So I, 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 Although I'm told like you can't go you wrong. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, can, I can look up a couple recommendations on the ones we had. Did so. you do like pasta making? Uh, in the Amalfi Coast, we did a, uh, a cooking class. that's fun. Um, yeah, so we, we had already done uh, – my wife and I have actually done a couple cooking classes. We enjoy it, and obviously I, I like to cook as well, so – um, we've done a couple classes here and there and, uh, it was pretty cool to do it in, in, in the Amalfi coast. And, um, yeah, the, the food there is, is hard to beat. What'd you make? Like, would you remember what your, the one of the Amalfi coasts we did, um, handmade cavatelli. Uh, we did, there is a fish cause obviously, I mean, they're yep. known for their seafood in, in that part of the country. Um, made a couple other things. Um, Trying to think. Uh, Sorry, I put you on the spot there, but that's yeah. fun. Yeah, that's no, it, fun. it was like we kind of made it. It was like a four course meal. Um, that was just me, my wife, and uh, the chef taking us through it. And oh wow, uh, it was uh, it was pretty cool. And and he was obviously pretty talented. He was he was doing the the pasta rolling with his hand and uh, made it look pretty effortless. So. <laughs> 
So you didn't come in expecting to talk about these things, I'm sure. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> See, that's what we like, yeah, Amanda, we really, yeah. and I like about the podcast <laughs> yeah. and listening to our fans who respond to us uh, when I meet them either in the concourse or wherever I might run into them. They love it because it's not hockey, hockey, hockey. We get yeah, to we, we talk guys. about hockey enough. That's all right. Yeah, exactly. You think? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. So I'm going to talk a little hockey here. Tell me about the Sportorama Griffins. Whew. First ever hockey team for me. Uh, Sportorama. Yeah, I actually still have my my jersey um, from that, and it was funny. My my dad never played hockey growing up, and so we weren't a hockey family by any means. And uh, when I went to a friend's house, and they had a rink in their yard, and that's where I learned to skate. Um, we actually, me and my dad, signed up for hockey together. Uh, so as we were learning to skate, he was also on the Sportorama Griffins men's over 40 C minus <laughs> league. Um, the learn to stay on your skates league. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was pretty rough. I, I can't imagine uh, it was fun to watch my whatever might see house league games, but um, his weren't much better. Uh, <laughs> it was just bigger people and and they were a little more out of breath than we were but um, no it was uh, it, it was really cool I mean Sportorama it's actually it's like one of those time capsule kind of rinks I don't think they've changed a thing since since I left um, but a lot of good memories there does your dad have his say. uniform as well he probably has it floating around he, he doesn't he doesn't throw away much as far as hockey goes that's for either my career his career uh, and my brother's career as well did did he stop after that, or does he? He played. He no. He played for a while and and slowly moved up the ranks as far as uh, as far as leagues. And I think as he got older, he enjoyed being able to jo- join the next over fifty league. And um, but uh, his body started to to go a little bit on him. But he still gets on his skates okay. once in a while. Um, he had to move from the the checking league to the non checking league probably when I was a young teenager. Amazing. But um, no, he, uh, he had a blast with it and he, he really enjoyed it. And, uh, I think looking back on his childhood, probably wish he, he would have played hockey a little sooner. S- sounds like, uh, if he listens to this, he'll have a retort for you when he sees you about, uh, no, he's, he's, he's pretty, are... he's pretty honest about his, his own game. He, he knows, yeah, he uh, might, you know, he's, 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 he's like you in some ways, right? He's got a little, you know, he's got a good way of looking at things, a fun way of looking at things. He might, he might give you a sharp little, yeah, thing, yeah. I mean, he, we had, uh, I was lucky enough, like growing up on a farm in, in New Jersey, um, and him being uh, in the in the field of construction and building houses, um, he was talented enough to build me a rink. And uh, I think it was uh, it was one of those things that, as I got older and I was able to get strong enough to, the boards were only about a foot high. Um, he didn't enjoy when I was getting strong enough on the on my skates to be able to knock him over the oh, board. No. So, <laughs> well, last time we had you on, I mean, you're talking about building. Last time we had you on, you were talking about uh, building a house. I'm wondering how that's going. How, are, are we almost done? Where are we at? Yeah, it, I mean, it was. It got right up to I think the morning of the wedding. I mean, my dad will he'll sit there and tinker with things till for the rest forever. Of his yeah. Life. Um, so nothing's actually done in his eyes. Um, but yeah, we, uh, so we didn't build the actual house. We, what started with a three room renovation, I think moved into the entire house. Uh, and we went right up until the deadline, which was the wedding and it was all hands on deck, um, up until 
that second weekend in July. Well, that's that's the builder in him. That's the contractor in him. He wanted it to be just perfect, and you yep. know, they they do tinker. Um, by the way, do you stay in contact with anybody from that Sportorama Griffins team? Do you still run into anybody? Uh, not so much uh, the Griffins. There's a couple friends. Uh, so the Griffins was like kind of like their house league mm-hmm. team, um, and then I moved up to Ramapo Saints, and I still have a couple couple buddies. I I stayed with Ramapo until I was, I believe, in Peewees or Bantams. Um, and they, uh, and there's still some guys I, I still keep in touch with, um, that's, uh, obviously still kind of floating around this area too. And, um, every once in a while I'll see a, a couple of Ramapo Saints, uh, youth hockey teams come through here, but, um, it, it's, uh, it was a pretty special place, Sportorama. When did, when did you make that step, so to speak? When, when did you kind of move to a higher level that you know, going to to Ramapo. But when did you say, all right, hockey's pretty cool, and it became apparent you were going to start to play at, at higher levels, not knowing that it would take you to the NHL necessarily, but that you'd, you you were fairly accomplished for your age? Um, it's not really till like, later on in, in my teenage years. At, at the time, I played right here. Uh, I played for the New Jersey Mavericks for a little while, which I don't think are still around, but... Um, I kind of just went up through the ranks and and just enjoyed hockey so much that uh, I I was signing up for teams left and right. I actually played a couple of years in squirts for uh, the White Plains Plainsmen, um, which <laughs> I don't know I don't know what my parents were thinking driving into to White Plains really, for practices and games. Uh, that's not an easy easy commute for um, anybody coming from New Jersey, but. Uh, no, I just, I love to play the, the more I could play the better. And, um, as, as time went on, just kind of went up through the, the ranks of youth hockey and, uh, eventually made the switch over to the New Jersey devils youth program. And, um, and from there headed over to the, uh, to the national team. What was that decision? Like you had played at St. Peter's prep for a couple of years before you went to the national team, correct? Yep. Uh, no one's going to turn down that kind of an offer. I, maybe some people have, but it's it's one that you don't usually turn down. What, what were the decisions like? What were the conversations like at home as you had to leave New Jersey and head out to Michigan? Uh, it was really tough. I mean, obviously being that young um, and going through my youth hockey career, uh, I think the the dream for me and my family was basically more so in the in the range of trying to use hockey as getting a, a education. And, um, as I got older, uh, at St. Peter's prep, it actually, we ran into a, a bit of an issue the weekend, the weekend before the top 40 tryout camp for the national team. Um, it was supposed to be the state semifinals and finals at continental airlines arena. And there was a massive snowstorm. So they had to cancel that weekend and push it to the next weekend, which also happened to be the same weekend as the top 40 tryout camp. And, um, so I actually wasn't able to play in the state semifinals having been out in the, out in the camp. Um, but St. Peter's, uh, pulled it off, made it to the finals, which were the following weekend at Menon, uh, sports arena, which we ended up losing, but, um, it, it was still, uh, it was still a tough decision, and, and in a situation like that, um, I found out, I think, a couple days before the the state championship that I had made the team. So I, I think my teammates were obviously very supportive. I, I think they uh, 
when you have a state championship coming up that weekend, there's nothing really distracting you from that. But uh, at the same time, I think it was really cool and um, to, to see their support for me and in, in moving on to a, a new level. And um, I, I think I still keep in touch with a lot of my St. Peter's guys, obviously, Kevin Fox floats around yeah. and he was our goalie that, that led us all Works the way the there. Organization. So, um, I, I think, uh, it, it's cool to see those guys around and, and obviously having gone to school in Jersey city, a lot of my friends are, are still floating around this area too. When you go to the national program, what's it like? Uh, we hear so much about it. It's accomplished so much, but what's it like when you, when you are taken into that program, yeah, you know it's we know you're billeted and you're going to high school, but but the whole process, what's it all about? Well, I think especially now having experience as a pro hockey player, um, you don't realize you. I don't want to sound like bad saying this, but you you kind of stop being a kid yeah. at that point. It, it's it's as close to a it's more of a pro schedule than college was for me and. Um, with the travel and, and at that time you're, you're still in school and, and you have a full high school workload as, as far as classes go. Um, so it's a lot of time management skills that when you're 13 and 14, your freshman, sophomore year of high school, uh, time management really isn't a thing. It's not, uh, it's not a strength. <laughs> it's, uh, try to get your homework done on, on, well, for me, the, the train commute on the way to school. Um, but it's just it's you're basically asked to mature at a very young age, and I think for a lot of guys, it's it's a great process to to learn how to function and, and be able to to use what you have available to you in managing your time and um, your work, and 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 obviously trying to improve as a hockey player, which kind of. Uh, being around the the top twenty guys from from this country at your age group uh, every day in practice, you're going against the best guys. So uh, I think obviously the hockey aspect of it, and you see some of the guys that are coming out at eighteen and, and stepping into the NHL like Jack and um, obviously Matthews had the one year uh, away from it, but um, there's so many guys that that go right from there, and it's it's incredible to see, and and it uh, says a lot about that program. You you were living with a billet family when you were there. Yep. Do you keep in contact with them? Like, how does that? You know, I think they're sort of underappreciated in the business, anyways. Just how vital billet families are to people. Uh, yeah, they were amazing. Uh, I still keep in touch. Uh, keep in touch with them. It, it's funny. Uh, I, the kids were really really young when when we were there, and now you see uh, one of them's playing college football uh, in Michigan. Um, but they come, they come to the Red Wings games all the time. Uh, I got the chance. Uh, my billet mom actually came out, and she was at my wedding this summer. So nice. Um, so yeah, I, I've kept in touch with them uh, a lot. And and my billet roommate, I had another guy on the team with me, uh, was in my wedding party, and he's actually getting married this summer too. So um, it, it's uh, it, it was relationships that that will last a lifetime for me. Who is that? Jeremy Morin. Okay, and I was going to ask because he made it to the NHL. Yep. And I was looking back at some of your teammates on the World Junior team, and of course with the World Juniors, mm-hmm. congratulations, Amanda. Thank you Having much. just ended, a Sorry, proud yes. Canadian. <laughs> so you win gold in 2010, and you win bronze the following year. And I looked at that the roster of 2011 more for some reason, and everybody played at least one game in the NHL. 
some a lot more. But one guy did not. And I'm curious, whatever happened to Andy Illis, who was the backup goalie? Yeah, he at a went, Cornell. Yep. Uh, he was Cornell. He was a smaller guy, and and um, but he was one of those guys. He, he competed so hard and and made himself big in the net. And um, haven't really kept in touch with him at all. But um, coming out of Cornell, I, I think he's he's pretty set for um, what he wants to do next in life. And um, all the best to him. Now I know we don't have a ton of time because you have to get to a meeting. But I do want to ask you about the military ball that's coming up. I think it's very important that we talk about this bigger, uh, better than last year. And I say that in in the nicest way possible. What do we have in store um, when it comes to the Kyle Palmieri military ball coming up? Uh, Yeah. So coming up February 22nd, it really creeps up on you. Um, (laughs) I can't believe we're in January already. But uh, yeah, no, hopefully it's going to be a better turnout. we, we just want to kind of keep building on the momentum from last year. I, I think everyone had a great time, and uh, I'm not going to spoil anything because my wife would kill me, but uh, we actually have a pretty big surprise coming um, coming for that night, so it'll be uh, it'll be a cool thing to, to be there and be a part of. And so people can still get tickets online and yep. all that? Yep, everything. Uh, you can go through the website at the KylePalmieriFoundation.com. Um, you can find it through the, the social media channels too, and uh, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be an awesome night. Also, really nice about that that event is that you know your teammates you, they all come out to support you. There's a lot of mingling with the guys. If you get those VIP tickets, so and Maddie and I are there. You know, we're like the, the C class, but <laughs> we're, 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 we're there. We're, we're like your dad starting out on skates <laughs> yeah. back at Sportorama. We're exactly. C, hoping to make our way up to B at some point. But I really wanted to make sure that we got that in because it, it's a fabulous event. It was awesome last year, and I, I'm really looking forward to it again. Yeah, oh, no, no question. It was a terrific evening and for a very worthy cause mm-hmm. will the vibe be similar in <laughs> other words what i liked about it it was not a lot of speeches you could mingle eat you met people talked and then some of th- us danced there you go <laughs> some of us danced. that's worth the price of admission folks anyway to, to see amanda on the floor for sure oh. but at any rate um it was you know it's just a very cool vibe just very few speeches and mostly just enjoy the night in the company of your friends and and teammates yeah very relaxed atmosphere um like you said we, we have a couple speakers coming in this uh this year um that i think everyone will really enjoy and uh but yeah it's, it's just a night to try and raise money for a great cause and and support our military, which is obviously very important to me, but uh, very important to, to everyone in this community. Now, I do have one other hockey question, and I was talking to Alain Nazreddin the other day. Sorry, I said it in my French accent. Yeah, she, no, she's, they win the gold I medal, and she just slips right back uh, to Montreal. Um, and he was talking about how Nico and you on the road will share that A, and that he approached you about that and had a discussion with you about that. What was that conversation like? Um, you know, when he said that he was thinking of doing that? Well, I think, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that Nico deserves it. Um, he, he's a guy who has taken steps every year and, and it feels like every day that, that he comes in and, and as he matures as a player. And um, I, I think you've seen over the years how he's matured on the ice, but uh, what people don't see as much is is the voice he's gotten in the locker room and and the way he leads and and we do have a very young team and um i I think those guys even the ones that may be a a couple years older than him still look up to him in in a leadership role and uh i I think he's more than deserving and uh it's an honor for me to be able to share it with him 
One of our front office people told me the other day what we have seen from Nico Heischer is he's he's grown into a man on the ice. You know, he's always had a maturity level. Still a kid, don't get me wrong. Yeah. He just turned 21, and he's got a goofy side to him that we've all gotten to know and love. But uh, the point is you can just see he's he's developed physically, but on the ice, I mean, he's, he's, he's become a man. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone knew that uh, as he got older, he'd, he'd find that um, – how strong he could be on the puck and, and how he's going to play on the ice and what he needs to do to be successful. And um, I'm just happy to see it coming off uh, off the ice too is is how he's grown as, as a person and, and his maturity. And um, uh, I, I think it's something that uh, attributes a lot to not only how he was raised and, and his family and his parents, but um, how he's transitioned into a role where he wants to become a leader on this team and um, and lead us in the right direction. And the same could be said of you. I know Amanda has the question about... The final question. The final question. So before we get to the final question, uh, I have one last question. We do have to talk about hockey because the fans have enjoyed, I'm sure, the conversation. Uh, But they also have, as the team has, uh, you know, struggled with what the season has been all about. What has it been as you've gone through the emotions of half a season? John Hines gets fired. Taylor Hall gets traded. Uh, Elaine Nazardine, that's my American version uh, of saying his name, Amanda, uh, takes over as the interim coach. So much expectations at the beginning. What happened? What's the second half all about? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, getting off to a tough start, you're, you're digging yourself out of a hole. And, and I think it was one of those things that, um, the, the traction we did find, uh, w- was short lived and, um, that keeps digging the hole deeper as, as opposed to, to trying to climb out of it. And, um, obviously with, with what happened and, and everything that went on in, in the month of December, um, I, I think this team was able to take a deep breath and, and step back and, and realize at that time we had 50, 60 games left in the season. And, um, it wasn't going to happen overnight uh, as far as being a team that uh, regained some of the respect that, that we've built um, in past years. Uh, but we, we were able to kind of find small stepping stones and, and get the ball rolling in the right direction. And um, after after a decent December, uh, I think we just have to, to look, look forward to, to what January is going to bring and what a new year is going to bring. And um, I, I think we're starting to play with a lot more confidence and, and especially in these tight games and uh, moving forward, we're, uh, we're looking forward to, to try and get in the momentum going. Were there times earlier in the year where you drove home saying, what the heck is going on here? Like how have we found ourselves in this position? Because great preseason and a lot of expectations coming off the summer. Were you as puzzled and frustrated and disappointed? Yeah, I think you, you always try and look for answers, and and sometimes they're harder to find than than maybe what shows up on on video and and the goals that are going in and um, how games are going. But uh, I think as a whole, we we've tried to stick together as a group and and try and lift each other up as a, as opposed to separating and um, finding ways to to blame it on somebody. It, it wasn't at all that. I, I think we just had to find a way to to get the ball rolling in the right direction and, and making sure that we knew night in night out what we had to do to, to go out and be successful and give ourselves a chance to win. And I think that's kind of what uh, we, we've bought into here. Um, obviously you want to see that buy-in right off the bat, but it, it took us some time to, to get our footing. And, and uh, I, I think for the most part, we, we feel good about the way we played in the last stretch of games and, 
and moving forward into the second half of the season, I, I think we can uh, keep continuing to build on that. Hopefully right. it does. And here it is. This is how we finish every podcast with a player. We want to know what do you do on the plane? Some guys listen to podcasts. Some guys are watching TV. What is Kyle Palmieri's routine on the plane? Uh, I'm a mixture of everything. Uh, I don't necessarily go to one thing. Uh, I heckle the guys playing cards a lot. Um, I sit right behind the card table. I, I don't love playing cards. Um, it's, it's a lot of thinking. Like it's a lot heckle. of thinking. Um, but I like I like to heckle the guys. Uh, but I, I watch shows and, and movies and stuff like that and uh, some normal stuff. All right. Well, Pete Alvitz is telling us we got to hurry up. So thank you so much for doing this, Kyle. We really appreciate it. And hopefully you're not late for your meeting and you can blame Maddie for that. And, uh, thanks for having and, me. And we got the fine. <laughs> we had a run, unfortunately, because he did have a meeting. I'm wondering I what got shows. the hurry up sign from yeah, Pete Alvitz. Yeah, no, it wasn't Alvitz. your fault. And listen, Pete is uh, the man behind the curtain, right? He's uh, our uh, director. I'm going to hear it from him. I know. We're going to go to practice after this. And, and uh, I'm going to send him in your direction. Also VP of uh, you know of, the hockey ops community. I, I like to call him the chief of staff. Yeah, that's a better question because I, I think I butchered his official <laughs> title, but it's people get an idea. That's, that's, He's going to hate how that it, we're talking about him. That's too. how important it is. But he did give us the high sign. So what we have to find out from Kyle, and maybe we can share it in another mm-hmm. platform, at least get the answer and, and put it out on social media, yep. is what are some of those shows that he watches? Like he I does know. A I will ask him. Right? I yeah. will ask him. I'll, I'll ask him today. I'll see. I'll see what he has. I wonder what type of show. I feel. Do you think he's like an office kind of guy? He could be. He could be. I, I have a feeling he could be. You think? No, not mystery. No, I do. No. Think, no. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll exactly. find out. But no, I, I mean, Kyle's such a great guy. And I think it was really important to mention that Kyle Palmieri Foundation Military Ball. I mean, Matt and I were at it last year. It was incredible. You know, it's not just Kyle that works on it. It's his wife, Ashley, and his mom, Tammy, and uh, Corinne Weltman of the New Jersey Devils, who, you know, works with the guys on their foundations and uh, manages all the wives and girlfriends who does an awesome job. So, also happens to be my best friend, but you know, whatever. There we go. Well, <laughs> but they 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 did an a, incredible job last year. She does. Tammy does. Yeah. Ashley for sure. The whole group. And again, that's KylePalmeryFoundation.com. Grab your where tickets. You, where you can get information. Uh, February twenty second. And big surprise, you know, he's whetted my appetite. I'm, I'm, I know what it is, yeah. too. Oh, do you? I do. I, I do. I know what it is. It's really awesome. You know I'm what? not going to tell you. I'm not no, going to tell you. But I'm it's, not even going to ask. It's really awesome. It's going to be an awesome moment. So uh, definitely try and get your tickets and come on out to that because it's going to be a really fun event. And the nice thing is it's a 1 o'clock game at Prudential Center. Then everyone will go home, get all dressed, and then meet up at the event. With the big surprise. And I'm oh, pumped. Yeah. I am not going to ask you because I love surprise. <laughs> I was always that person at Christmas, by the way. Like, yeah. You could leave. Now, my parents didn't, right? Because they wanted to, you know, the sand. Mm-hmm. But you could put gifts out 10 days before. You wouldn't look? Wouldn't look. Wouldn't look. But were you tempted to? Nope. nope. Really? Nope. I want to be surprised. I like surprises. I'm definitely one of those who sort of like, um, like, breaks the paper just a little bit you know what I mean? just to like sort of see if i can catch a glimpse yeah we're, we're getting a little off topic here <laughs> but as we wrap things up i will tell you i have cousins of mine mm-hmm. what they would do they would find the presents and they were very tricky they would open them up 
Yeah. Sometimes they would play with them before Christmas. Whoa, that's wrap them back up. Uh, that's next level. <laughs> put that's the wrapping next level. back in and uh, then go. Oh, oh my gosh, it's what I've always wanted. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no meat. Put them there. Not tempted at all. What a guy. Well, anyway, that'll wrap <laughs> things up on uh, our podcast for today. Special thanks to Kyle Palmieri, as always, for my partner. Aw, thanks. Amanda, Amanda Stein. Amanda C. Stein joining us. Thank you for listening. Thanks for your company. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.